Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Chillport Podcast, episode 271. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. It's going to be a pretty diverse week this week. A little bit of uh, topics here and there that uh, aren't huge per se, you know, updates on games I've been playing, um, just talking a little bit about uh, upcoming video ideas and where that direction is going to be going, and then also talking about a couple news stories uh, about some games with some updates. One, something that I'm pretty excited about. The other one, uh, something I completely forgot about from a comic cat from 2018. Uh, I wanted to follow up on that because apparently, um, if not that game was showed again, uh, kind of the follow-up successor to what that previous game was, although I couldn't find the original game it was under a different name and I, and I couldn't find that game having come out so I think it might be the same video game but yes um anyways so to get started here stuff I've been playing nothing new unfortunately not gonna find out about any cool niche little things here unfortunately uh one piece element adventure we started streaming that again nothing really new there again just the scavenging hunting game whatever kind of thing um looking forward to doing the community review for that i'll be curious to see you know exactly what kind of score it ends up getting uh, i i still think it's a good video game it's just it's a game with not a lot of variety to it and i think it does not lend its well self well to like a stream audience honestly and i also don't think it's a game that's like particularly appealing from a one piece audience honestly um there's a couple of like fans things that I think um, in regards to boss fights and things like that but like I think there's a lot of things about the tone that just from what little I know about One Piece seems like it maybe just didn't quite hit the mark so I think I'll probably end up reviewing that game a little more generously than the uh, <laughs> the rest of the community on that but we still have like two streams left though so like if, if you're just waiting in on that you know I think we'll probably have that community review, uh, you know, at the, towards the end of this month, basically. Although if you if you can't make it for any reason, always remember, feel free to message me your 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 thoughts and things. Uh, generally, try to keep it short. I can't read like full reviews of video games if I get a bunch of them, kind of thing. And I'll try to you know boil your points down and 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 uh, bring it into the conversation when we do those community reviews. But uh, if you're there, then you can actively be there, and I can sit there and uh, give you a hard time about your opinions because. I I feel like I feel like most of the time I'm just like, oh, is that really what we're trying to say? Let's think about this. What's the real problem here? <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the way we can word this that might be more accurate? I'll get this more specific and things like that, or in some cases more general because we don't have a lot of space on that that community review list thing. So, but uh, looking forward to that. Got to figure out what we're gonna do in between uh, this game and. Uh, 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 Naple Tale when we start that Naple Tale uh, when we start that up but um, looking forward to um, moving on soon hopefully uh, that game's just a little a little longer than it should be I think in my opinion so but we'll finish it uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 though I did finish that video game not on stream just in my own uh, own personal time uh, I will say my original thoughts and feelings that I conveyed about that game on the first uh, podcast I did after playing it largely came true um, you know combat's just not quite what I want it to be world design also not quite what I want it to be um, I will say the, I think I mentioned this last week story definitely did a lot better than I thought it would um, I, 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 I'm generally very happy with it I think that's a point of disagreement I seem to have with other other uh, uh, fans of the series who um, are I've seen on Twitter and stuff on, and on Reddit seems like the general sentiment is that maybe it doesn't build out the world in the way that they wanted to you know 
personally, I've never really believed in the whole like Zeno perfect works universe thing. I've always kind of wanted them to keep their stories contained to individual worlds. And, um, and this game does a very good job of that while still wrapping in stuff from Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2. Um, but in a very like fan servicey kind of way, I feel like. And, and in some ways that comes off as tacky. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but there's a couple of moments that I'm like, oh, this thing, I'm interested in this little story point that you've given me. That's kind of neat. Um, but you know, it's not like anything earth shattering and things like that. So I, I, I will say though, like as somebody who's been stressed about the potential ramifications of a Xenoblade Chronicles 2 ending and how that opens things up and tries to connect things where I really don't think it needed to connect. Um, um, I, I, I personally, I think they've said otherwise that they're like, Oh, this is all the plan from the beginning. I personally, if, if it was the plan for the beginning that these all these games are connected, they they never it did not come off that way. I will say personally, I, I feel like it did not really work out the way they did. So, if they do decide to do this kind of greater story, um, a I think like limiting it to a trilogy will probably be the for the best, and then B um, I think the idea of like creating. Um, you know, like with Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2, having separate worlds from each other, um, but then like having connections between those worlds, um, I think is a good approach to that kind of thing. And I think there's ways they can better connect those worlds in future, in the future, if they better plan from the start that like, hey, these stories are connected. Um, I think, I think that will be, uh, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles as a franchise is popular enough at this point. I think they have the luxury to be able to do that. I, I think the bigger thing is for me is like each individual game needs to be a satisfying story, though. I think that's, in my opinion, that's that's how it should be um, versus like, you know, <laughs> you know, Xenogears episode five and, you know, the, the however large, I think it's like six episodes of Xenosaga is what they were planning or something crazy like that. I don't remember exactly what it is, but, you know, it, it was all. I, I just think that the, the ambition there was a little too high, but I think I think I think at this point I'm confident enough with them and how they build individual stories that um, a game that is uh, a little more ambitious and, and connects different parts of, of the different Xeno worlds and things like that um, I think could be better. I just think it needs to, I just think it needs to be better planned going forward. But I don't think that's like an anxiety that I have about the Xeno series anymore. I think Xeno Saga or Xeno Blade Chronicles Three kind of laid those to rest, and, and that's the one thing I think this game really did for me as a monolith soft fan is is make me feel better about the world building of Xeno uh the Xeno franchise um and it, it, ma it makes me hope that they do go a little they reach out a little bit more at the next game kind of thing again as somebody who like doesn't particularly like like model of soft because of their storytelling so much because like I like JRPG stories and that kind of just where Xeno's stories fall for me um, so, so, and that part I'm interested in, but the, the but the real part, as a, as a Model Assault fan, the real part of that game that I really want to be good is the world design and the combat design. And, and I, and as, as time goes on, I think world design is becoming less and less of a factor of what defines a Model Assault game for me. Um, there's a lot of, A, I need, I need to go back and revisit it, but like the original Bot and Kaito series does a lot of interesting things with, um, the dungeon design particularly. Also, that's a beautiful world from an art perspective as well, I will say. Um, but, uh, but then like Xenoblade Chronicles and what it did with like the giants and like having areas shaped like different body parts and things like that. I think that was like a really cool idea. Uh, and the implementation was very well done. Yep. That's not even talking about the pathing stuff. I talk about Xeno games all the time with like... I, I talk about it pretty in depth on the Torna video, but like how I think a lot of um, the world design of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and Torna specifically are built in a way that like it draws the players down certain paths and there's like multiple of those paths that you can kind of navigate between. So it makes it feel like it's more open than it probably really is from like a content perspective. 
because you can't you can't explore but anyways so so i think i think this game does a very good job of hitting that latter thing um but i don't think it really does a good job with that first thing of just like building a world that feels recognizable you do get that moment of like hey i can look across the pit that we're like standing by and i can see like the place i was at 20 30 hours ago kind of thing right and that still has a similar effect but it's an effect that's been done i think it's an effect that's been done better in the xenoblade chronicles series um personally so that's how i feel about it but hey you know um I, yeah I, I think world design is becoming less and less of a thing that defines a monolith soft game for me in a lot of ways but um and then also the combat stuff you know i i didn't want to give them too much trouble for the combat because it's clear they tried something i think the bigger problem is just as we stick within the xenoblade franchise and as xenoblade as a franchise gets more defined um it's, it's gonna make it harder and harder to switch out those pieces with interesting things that don't break kind of the core mechanics. And this game's real, really built really heavily on top of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, it does bring in elements from Xenoblade Chronicles 1. It, it, it's kind of interesting. It, 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 the, the ideas are interesting, but like the, the execution and like the player interaction with those ideas are not particularly interesting. Um, it's more of just like, hey, we made a game where we tried to combine Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 in some ways. And, um, you know, it, I, I, I appreciate the thought elements and themes and extending those themes into the gameplay i think those are really cool that they did that it's just the execution you don't feel it when you're playing the game i guess is the big thing you don't feel that connection between those two games it feels like xenoblade chronicles 2 that's <laughs> what it feels like with with, with without the, the elemental combo system which was like the defining feature of that game in a lot of ways so um yeah it, it's kind of weird i did do a little digging actually I, like i want to be clear before i get into this like i'm not saying that like hey one person is responsible for a bunch of stuff on a game like tons of people work on these games each people have like each person has like different hands in them and things like that um but one thing that i thought was noted noteworthy is that uh makoto shimamoto who's been working on the xeno battle systems basically since xeno gears um and the the, the one exception i think xenoblade or not xenoblade uh Xeno Saga Episode 3 he's listed as like a special thanks for the battle system rather than the a true like you know person working on it um which given how that game is, is from a kind of system perspective makes a lot of sense. Um, like he, he was the one who seemed to be kind of the lead designer on a lot of the battle systems uh, with Xenoblade Chronicles one specifically, I think and is the one that I remember him specifically being kind of like the lead one on. Uh, but uh, he, I think he led Xenoblade Chronicles X as well, but below him was uh, Michiro Hagi and that Michiro Hagi has, was the lead on Xenoblade Chronicles 2's battle system. It looks like, it looks like, you know, it's based off the positioning on the list. I don't think they've like specifically say lead battle system person. So again, this is a lot of assumptions we're doing. We're doing video game development fan fiction here now, <laughs> um, but, uh, is, um, but, but he's, uh, uh, Makoto Shimamoto is not listed on the battle system design for this game. Um, he's just in the UI section in this one. So I'm guessing he took a step back with this game, especially given Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It seems like Hagi, uh, Hagi, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, um, was was the one leading that that project in Torna as well, which I will say, you know, I'm not, again, not pointing fingers. I think Xenoblade Chronicles 2 battle system is one of a, a great example of a monosoft battle system in a lot of ways. Um, there are problems with it, don't get me wrong, but it's a great example of like a battle system that that is a monosoft one. So I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, oh, Makoto Shimamoto's gone this is the death of a model of soft brand like series for me or something like that. But I thought it was worth mentioning anyways. So all that aside, glad I finished that up. Got some post game content stuff I need to work on still. And I'll probably keep going through, but probably more casually. I don't think it's really going to affect my opinion of the game going forward at this point. So, 
Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Uh, but hey, let's continue the Xenoblade conversation. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, things I've been working on and, and what I expect coming up next. You know, last week I said August is going to be pretty light and that generally should be true. Um, I think August is not going to be like an explosive month in terms of content. You know, I got a pickups video coming out this week that you can go and look at. Um, and then I think, I think the space after that's blank. So I got to figure out what's going to go in there. It, it will probably either be, if I finish it, the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video before that, we're going to talk about that in a second. If I finish Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video before that, I'll, that will go in that slot. Um, if I don't, it'll probably be like a Wii Japanese commercial uh, video or something like that. So um, that, that's probably what's going to end up at the end of this month. So anyways, but I started work on three projects uh, for videos. Um, smaller video projects, I will say. They're not big ones. Um, one is the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video. This is a really tricky script that I've been trying to write because, um, like, my... When I'm thinking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, my brain space is, like, I want to write... At some point, I want to write a whole, like, hey, here's the things that define a monolith soft game for me in a lot of ways. And like, here's the strength. Let's talk about the series and how each of these games implement those things. Um, uh, you know, but, but it's going to require me to replay a lot of Bot and Kaitos. It's going to require me to ideally play through the whole Xenosaga trilogy again, um, play through Soma Bringer. Like, there's a lot of things that need to go in to make that video, and it's just not realistic I'm going to make that anytime soon. Um, but I would like to get my thoughts out there about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So I'm trying to ride that line of, you know, not doing a review for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Like, my opinion seems to line up when it comes to, like, the pure quality of the game seems to line up with the rest of the world. You know, I think this is like a solid 9.0 video game kind of thing, right? I think that's generally where it's, like, floating from a score-wise kind of thing. And I, I would agree with that. Um, there's a lot of great things about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 um, from a, a gameplay perspective as a JRPG, things like that. Um, but uh, it's more of the monolith soft perspective of, like, what I'm disappointed in, I think. And and trying to ride that line of, like, not going too deep into Bot and Kaitos, but still talking about, you know, what things in Bot and Kaitos, you know, um, uh, uh, kind of influenced me and what my opinion of like what Monolith can be, Xenosaga episode two, things like that. But again, not like going and talking about those in depth, more of just talking about it in the scope of Xenoblade Chronicles three, um, which, Oh, side note, uh, Makoto Shimamoto did not work on Bot and Kaitos. I, I, I took, I actually took some time to look into the Bot and Kaitos credits as well. Um, because I was curious because it's a triace plus or tri crescendo plus Monolith joint. Um, and, and it's kind of confusing who worked on what, and, uh, I won't just give you the long details, but basically, Bot and Kaitos, the original one, the develop the, the combat system was developed by both a Monolith Soft and a Tri-Crescendo person, and then Bot and Kaitos Origins, it was just a Tri-Crescendo person. Again, it's not just one person, there's a whole team and all that stuff, so, like, what actually happens and who makes what decisions, a whole other thing. Um, but anyways, that was kind of a, a note thing, but. So I'm trying to write that line. And ideally, if I can, I want to get this video out by the end of this month. Um, I might have to go into September. You know, ideally get a video out sooner rather than later. But, you know, I, I feel like I kind of missed the window already for like hitting that initial Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you know, YouTube, you know, video time frame. But at the same time, you know, there's no way I can compete against people who get like, you know, the the games with the early, early access. So I'm trying to focus on my message of what I, with my experience with past monolith games uh can say and what what is more distinct about my my things to say and how i can present that and how i can shape that into a video kind of thing so hopefully sometimes i, I haven't finished that script so i don't really know where that's going to go yet but that is the intention um i did actually throw together a very quick script for uh doraemon for the nintendo 64 i've been talking about doing this for a long time and i just 
spent a lot of time thinking about it and thankfully just kind of found the words for it, I think. Um, I'm trying to say a little bit different with this Doraemon video though, where um, instead of, you know, saying, hey, look at Buddy Mission Bond. Hey, look at, you know, Cooted and Squash. I'm saying, hey, Mario 64, things about Mario 64, here are things about Doraemon that um, I think could be applied to a Mario game. Um, that I think would be interesting to be put in a Mario game. So I'm using the context of a Mario 64 to drive the conversation in that game, but bringing in this other game that is lesser known that, you know, generally wouldn't probably be looked up much. I want to try to see how that would work. It's something that I think I tried a little bit with the Cooted and Squash video when it comes to like Monkey Ball. Um, but I, I think it was a little, a little, a little it wasn't as forceful as it will probably be with the Doraemon one where I'm really gonna start that video with like Mario 64. Here's a thing about Mario 64 that I think Doraemon or they could learn from Doraemon kind of thing, right? So uh that's actually pretty much scripted and done. I recorded the audio. There's a couple different changes I need to make. Um but otherwise I'm just editing the video itself now. I do need some Mario gameplay so I gotta spend some time just playing Mario 64, Sunshine, Galaxy uh, uh, I think I have enough Odyssey footage. Ah, I might need a little Odyssey footage. I definitely have enough uh, Bowser Fury footage, though. So um, just got to do some recording on that kind of stuff. I need to do a lot of just recording in general. I need to play some Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and get some recording of that, too, as well, for the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 video, because that's the only Xenoblade Chronicles game I don't have a lot of footage of. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Uh, and then I'm also working on the Sparkling Feather video. I just need to work on the script more um, as well. That's, you know, PCFX video. The problem with that is just there's a lot of the you know, additional things that need to get made around that video um, i'm gonna guess that's gonna happen sometime late september honestly i think the Doraemon video is gonna probably be done first and foremost but i would like to get the xenoblade chronicles 3 video finished or out first kind of thing so that's kind of what it looked like like at a timeline wise for videos although honestly you know what it means and and if that's realistic and what changes you know there's a lot of things that could happen so especially since uh october is gonna be very busy i just got my um plane tickets and uh things for portland retro game expo i also got my panel accepted for sin city anime so i gotta prepare that um i'm still waiting to hear back from komori con and i also have a family trip within that month so it's gonna be kind of a nightmare month for me i'm gonna probably have to pre-record some streams for a couple of, of uh days that month because i will not be in town or i gotta record early one of the one or the other probably record early that's probably the better thing to do honestly so so yeah um and then just like a, a couple of other smaller updates for the youtube uh buddy nation bond video again the initial reviews uh, uh, thank you for everybody who shared that the initial views were actually very good it did crash pretty hard after that i will say though um, there's like 24 hour period that like two people looked at it. So, so unfortunately I think that video is actually dead now, um, for now, you know, unless some major change happens that changes, you know, how that game gets, you know, distributed through the algorithm or whatever, which, which can happen. The near video I did also was dead in the water for like three months before all of a sudden it just caught on somehow. And I don't know how. So hopefully it gets around there. You know, I, I got a lot of compliments from that video. So again, appreciate everybody who gave compliments on that video and all that stuff. I had that Buddy Mission Bond Blu-ray plus CD unboxing video that came out as well. That was part of the Patreon originally, so that is freely available, though. Um, that's a lot of the type of content I'm doing on Patreon. Is like, hey, I, I bought a thing. I'm unboxing it because I, I, I would just open this otherwise. So for the Patreon, I will make it somewhat fancier, I guess. Um, and then article ratings and stuff as well as things I've been doing there, too. So speaking of the Patreon, it's Patreon time. Thank you again to the Patreon people who subscribe. Um, there is bonus videos that they get at $5 a month. 
Um, this week they got a Kaminazo, or last week they got a Kaminazo uh, playthrough part one um, to go alongside that Buddy Mission Bond one to make up for the fact that I gave it out for free. Um, so basically, you know, I would like to make a Kaminazo video at some point, um, and I uh, just want to, and I had to record myself playing it already because of how that game works as a Switch game you beat using paper. Um, I need to record myself, so I just went ahead and was like, okay, well, I'll do recordings of myself and just post it on, uh, uh Patreon, so exactly how those are gonna end up in the end, I don't really know, but the first one's pretty much a raw recording for the most part, a couple of cuts here and there, but nothing big. Um, but anyways, thank you again to Jillian, Henry Dagger, uh, uh, Discreet, as well as Paul Daniel for, for, uh, joining in on the Patreon. Uh, I mentioned before the $5 level, that is a bonus video level, but you can also ask a podcast question, um, by just going to the podcast post that goes up every Monday at 3 PM, where it has the, um, the question for the next week already included in there. But if you give me a different question, I will answer a different question. Um, the question I got this week is from Jillian though. And her question is what food and games do you wish you could pull out of the screen and eat? Um, Paul Daniel gave a little response to this, which I always encourage you. Hey, if you got a response to one of the, the podcast questions, go ahead and include it in the comments. I'm happy to discuss it a little bit on the show. Again, try to keep it fairly short and f fairly simple for the most part if you can. Um, but I'm always happy to hear what people have to say about games and things like that. Make this podcast about more than just me. Although it's called One Controller Port because it is just me. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Um, uh, but Paul Daniel uh, gave, gave his response of Burger Time. Uh, the arcade game, which <laughs> I will say, like, I, I don't know if I've ever looked at the Burger Time burgers and thought they looked particularly appealing, but they are massive and very distinct at the very least. So, so I think it's a good choice at the very least. Um, I don't have any particular game. You know, I feel like that's a kind of a modern thing with games. Like, hey, look at how good our food looks at, like, you know, Monster Hunter, Final Fantasy 15, Xenoblade to some extent now. Every, every game, all these games have cooking that give you stat boosts and they have pretty graphics with all those. Um, I'm going to answer something I think of more general, um, is that when I was growing up, um, I always liked how dongos looked, which are these little like, uh, mochi balls that you can get on a stick in Japan. And usually they're like green, white, and pink or something like that. Um, they, they don't have to be that though. Um, I always thought they looked really appealing growing up and I always kind of wanted to try a dongo. And, uh, when I went to Japan, I finally got to try one. Uh, I didn't get like the green, white, pink one, but I got, uh, one which was like, you know, all white, but then it was covered in like a, uh, soy sauce glaze and stuff like that. And that was really good. Um, so there you go. I, I achieve, I'm not much of a food person, I will say. So when people are like, what food are you going to get in Japan? I'm just like, I don't know, food, I guess. Like, I don't care really. <laughs> uh, but uh, Don goes this one. I, I mean, I wasn't planning on that, but I came across them. I was like, oh yeah, I'll do this. So I, I went ahead and got those and they were they were delicious. They were deliciously good. Um, very soft, warm. It was, I was there in the winter, so it was like worked really well. And the uh, so sauce was very like sweet and soury kind of thing, if I recall correctly. It's like a soy sauce kind of sauce. So kind of, kind of, eh, it's good. It's very good. So pretty, pretty straightforward Patreon question again for this week. Again, thank you so much for contributing to that, especially as I uh, still am figuring out my life and what I'm doing. I'm very thankful for people who are uh, donating to the to the Patreon. I need to update the uh, Patreon post on the website, by the way, because with the new free content, I'll be planning to do that sometime here in the near future, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, anyways, we don't have too many more uh, things to talk about left here, so we just got a couple of uh, smaller news stories, though. This first one I'm very excited about. We've talked in the past about Kirby Dream Buffet. 
Um, there's an announcement that I'll be launching on August 17th. So by the time you're hearing this on Monday, that will be Wednesday. So I'm very much looking forward to playing that. They've been kind of like advertising that game as like a three mode kind of game. I'm personally mostly interested in the racing part of that game. Basically you go around with Kirby, pick up strawberries. And then, you know, even if you win the race, what matters more is if you have the most strawberries. Uh, getting in first place gives you more strawberries though. Very Excite Truck-ish in that way. Um, so I'm very excited to look at that. I'm very excited for any Nintendo racer that's not a Mario Kart game. Um, so very much looking forward to that. Um, they showed off some copy abilities and costumes in the trailer they put out as well as uh, I think the price point is like 15 bucks. So, um, but yeah, August 17th, I'll definitely be picking that up. Definitely be playing that. So look out for me online. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat those strawberries, more strawberries than you gonna get fat you too i don't know what i'm saying um anyway so that was uh pretty exciting and then uh uh last week i mentioned going through the comic cat stuff and like maybe i was gonna do some kind of video recording i thought about it and i was like i'm just gonna go through it like especially because it's a light week this week i'm just gonna go through it and talk about stuff on the podcast and looking at it though a lot of it is like stuff that like i really can't say a lot about like it's one of those things i've been trying to kind of gatekeep a little more on the podcast is like Talking about things because I have a reason to talk about them, not so much because it's like, this is a cute looking thing, right? Um, I think we talked about like ketchup and mayo at some point, like ketchup and mayo. I didn't really have anything to say about ketchup and mayo other than just being like, this thing exists and it's cute kind of thing. So I'm trying to generally avoid that kind of stuff unless a game jumps out at me for any reason. Um, so uh, a lot of the stuff in Comic Cat, you know, looks like pretty standard stuff for the most part, but that's a, that's just kind of how Comic Cat is in a lot of ways. So um, anyway, so I went through and watched that stuff. But the one that I really just wanted to kind of talk about, um, because we actually do have a history of this on the podcast. I was not aware of this initially. Um, it looked very familiar, though. I was like, this looks like the same developer. And sure enough, it is. And it actually is a developer that we've been talking about. Well, not been talking about, but we have talked about um, with the uh, name. <laughs> the developer name is Black Bastard. Uh, they worked on the um, uh, Ghost Solid 9 game. Ghost Solid series. There's multiple of them. Uh, some of those games are in English, by the way. I'll link their website because they have download links to the English versions of those games and things like that there in the, uh, the description here. But uh, I was not aware that they were the ones working on a game that we talked about in 2018 called Cyber Ninja at Comic Cat as well. Um, Cyber Ninja looks very similar to this game that is now called Neko Nin. So basically Cat Ninja if you want to say that, I mean, it's cat nin, I don't know, but you know, it's called Neko nin basically. Um, and it looks very similar. And, and so I actually tried to look into see if cyber ninja came out and I could not find any, any like signs that cyber ninja came out. And why, why we talked about cyber ninja in the first place was because, uh, it looked very super paper Mario esque. It's like a ninja game, but you have a character that's going around an environment and you can like turn the worlds and, you know, 90 degree angles kind of thing. And that would change your perspective and things like that. And how you would platform to the areas, um, in a very like super paper Mario kind of way. And actually ghost solid has that same kind of similar gimmick to it where that you can rotate the environments, a different type of game. Like one, well, uh, it kind of reminded me of like cave story more than anything, ghost solid, where this feels more like, like a, um, I guess like a 3D platformer. Um, so again, I don't think Cyber Ninja came out. I could be wrong. Maybe it is a video game that is out that you can get. I couldn't find any mention of it on his website or anything like that or their website. I don't know who they are. Um, but, uh, uh, but on their Twitter account, they did post videos of the game side by side and they said three years later, cat whatever cat ninja or something like that um and uh so this new new nekonin game um is more of like just, just a traditional 3d kind of action game it seems like uh featuring the same cat but with different color hair same model and things like that um i will say in some ways the game looks less interesting to me now <laughs> because it is just kind of like more of a traditional 3d action game although you know I, I do think like some of the concepts 
like the core concepts seem pretty similar overall but yeah i do personally just really like that super paper mario gimmick of like rotating the camera 90 degrees and that changing the world but this seems more like a behind the back 3d ninja game now um in in some ways but uh it still looks cute they got a lot of fun animations a little cat like they're all chibi little cat girls or whatever and so like when they when you like get in like the mud that makes you walk slower their face is all like ah well they're like swinging their arms around and stuff when they're in the mud it's still a very cute looking thing um but yeah i just i was just like oh yeah i forgot we talked about this in like 2018 so it was like fun to mention it again uh game's not out yet is the trial version that was at comic cat i didn't see a download link or anything so you might have to have been there and buy their like like last time i was there how it was, was like you'd pay 100 yen they'd give you a card and on the back of that card it's like a download like code or something or they give you a link plus a password to the download um so I don't know if there's a way to get that otherwise. I probably should check to see if it's like a booth or something. I don't know. But uh, anyways, so uh, yeah, I, I I I would like to check that out at some point. Um, but I probably should play one of the Ghost Solid games because they are in English and I can read English. I cannot read Japanese. So yeah, anyways, I think a shorter episode uh, this week probably. I'm not sure I don't have the right timer here because I had to start over and start recording again because I got my brain all messed up in part of the Xenoblade Chron- Chronicles conversation. I was like talking about the video, but also talking about the game, and I was like, I need to separate these things out, so... Wasted some time, wasted some time. But anyways, that's it for this week, though. Thank you again for coming. OneChillPort.com is the website. Um, like I said, there's a pickups video coming up this uh, this week. Most of the stuff in there is from Japan Retro Direct. So if you are like, wow, these games all look like they're in pristine condition, and I would like to play buy random games like this on the internet, Japan Retro Direct is always where I would recommend going for that because you can buy a bunch of stuff and then get the cheese well shipping is not particularly cheap anymore but you know because japanese shipping is, is very expensive right now um so the best way to do that is to buy from one seller and then just bundle a bunch of games together to keep the cost down um, but anyway so so i'd always recommend japan retro direct per usuals there um otherwise though um i think uh i'll need to figure out you know where these videos are going um i might have more like laid back video at the end of the month if not Otherwise, you know, we'll see where things are going. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but uh, I think that's going to be it, though. Again, you can, if you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on most uh, podcast platforms. Just look up One Control Report there. Um, if you don't know, if you can't find it on your platform, you can find other platforms on Anchor.fm where it lists out what platforms I'm on for One Control Report. If you want to watch the video version of the guess where I'm just talking at your face, uh, that is at YouTube.com. You can go look at it there. I will say I changed how the YouTube stuff is listed for streams and uh, podcasts, so they're now unlisted. Uh, that did do a pretty big hit on me in terms of watch time, but you know, in researching it, um, it seemed like depending on the type of content, how long it is, what the watch time is for each video and things like that for streams and stuff, it can negatively affect your main videos and things like that. So I think it might overall be for the best, even though I have significantly less watch time now, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on with the YouTube thing. You guys know my frustration with the YouTube thing. <laughs> um, uh, so trying to figure that stuff out all always, but yeah, so podcasts and, um, and streams are going to be unlisted, but they are still are on the playlists on YouTube. You can find the playlists on the main channel um also if you go to my website everything on the website is still listed there so you can still watch those videos and things like that from there as well so it just won't be in the the video tab on on uh youtube and it won't get like mixed into the algorithm and and hopefully uh uh not <laughs> hopefully it makes that when youtube suggests my content it's more consistently the good stuff rather than you know just me talking on a stream for three hours kind of thing so we'll see how it goes though um you know i i try to do what i can to make the youtube 
YouTube stuff better, but the more and more I push for it, the more and more frustrated I get for like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what makes good things work and how the pieces come together. So uh, if you know, let me know. <laughs> Feedback is always helpful because I don't know what I'm doing with a lot of this stuff. I like to make videos about video games. I don't like making thumbnails and uh, and uh, managing a YouTube channel. Um, although I like managing the website, I feel a little better about for some reason. I don't know. But anyways, that's it for this week. Thank you again. I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.